What's up, winners? Welcome to another episode of Mentors Collective. Got a really fun one today. A couple <laughs> ladies who are an absolute right having a blast pre-episode. They met as teen moms and have grown a fashion brand that you're going to learn about today, how they did it, how they built it. But what an entrepreneurial journey, entrepreneurial story. If you're ready to be inspired, tune in. This one is going to be for you. So without further ado, I can't wait to hear you tell your story, walk us through this. Uh, Jacqueline Purcelli and Shanda Harper, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me and let's inspire some listeners today. Welcome. Absolutely. Thank, Thank you. you for having us. Thank, Thank you. for having us, Jay. Uh, this is going to be a blast. I already feel it. Yes, uh, yes. So let's kick this thing off. Tell us, I mean, you met as teen moms and now yes. you are doing business together as successful entrepreneurs. Wow. Congratulations. I want to start off Thank by you. saying kudos. Thank and you so much. Starting off with the, you know, a little bit of rocky circumstances, uh, obviously. Not a lot Absolutely. of people can pull through and do what you did. So tell me about it. Tell me about the journey. How'd you do it? Absolutely. So again, I'm Jacqueline Purcell. I am one half of the dynamic duo for JP Harper NYC. And that's my partner, Shonda Harper. So I am Hi. the JP and she and is the Harper. I'm Shonda Harper. And so, yeah, so we met at ST Moms. And um, like I was telling Jay pre, you know, before we came on, that a lot of people counted us out. You know, when you are a teen mom, not many people have a lot of confidence in you. They kind of like say that, oh, you're not going to go too far. You're making your life such a struggle. And, and I'm not that it to... wasn't. And not that it wasn't. Right. It definitely was. However, it's not impossible. Uh, something being a struggle doesn't mean it's impossible. If you have the strive and the determination and the will, if you have the faith, if you have the tenacity, if you have all of that coupled together and then you have a bestie like I do, nothing is impossible because you have someone to share. You have someone to share everything with. So we have been sharing our lives literally since we were 18. 18. 18. And we're not going to tell you how old we are now. 18 living in... The inner city of Jersey City, New Jersey, which I lived there for a year. And if you're watching this on video, you look at these ladies, they are beautiful. And <laughs> Thank you. Then, I'm going to start off by saying, and I, and I might get some hate for this, but I also, you know, had the belief that once you had a baby as a teenager, that was going to be it for you because that's going to be your whole life. And the amount of success that you have is going to be super limited because of that circumstance. But you guys obviously proved that that's not true. So and, tell me and, about that journey. What Was it hard, you know, having a baby and starting <laughs> this company with your friend? It was beyond hard. It, it was very being a, Being a teen mom, number one, for me personally, um, I think that it was the one life-changing factor that allowed me to not just grow as a person, but to be a teen mom, to actually have more determination, to have more drive, it pushed yes. me in a way that I don't, I wouldn't say that I didn't have drive before, but knowing that you have to care for someone else now alone, yes. that was a determining factor for allowing me to say, okay, I know I can't just sit on, sit here and do nothing. And then I have this bestie who has the same challenges and together we're going to support one another. We're going to support, support our, help our children. And we're going to move forward. We're going to college. Yes. We're getting jobs, having careers. So we didn't just jump right into the business, of course. We had our own respective careers. Jacqueline 
doing cosmetology for many, many years. And, and mortuary does, science. And mortuary science. And my path was corporate finance. I'm an accounting um, degree. And so we did that pretty much our whole lives. But we always knew deep down. Deep, yes. Deep down. Listen. Listen. We've always known that we would be doing fashion. Fashion. Always. From, from the beginning. From the, from the first moment that we started running into New York City to buy fabric, to look at uh, stores in, in, on Fifth Avenue, we knew Love that fashion would be doing, we knew we'd be doing fashion. It's just a matter of when and the right moment. And before we dig into the fashion brand that you've built and how you chose to, to do what you do, I'd love to stay on kind of the motivation for a minute here. Okay. And I know you mentioned, you know, you had the baby. That's something that motivated you, you had to take care of somebody now. Yes. Uh, so obviously that was a financial motivator. I wonder also if you had any other motivators to, to fuel you through this, whether it be judgment from family, society, being an underdog, you know, of as a course. teen mom. Tell me a little bit about that. A, B, C, and D. Yes. All of yes, the above. Yes. And yes, 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 and yes. All of the above. I know for me personally, one of my biggest motivating factors was not helping, having help from his dad. And so not only were we teen moms, we were single teen moms. Single. Right. And so although you have, you know, some support from your parents, your, your, my mom was a single mom. Our moms were single moms. Both our moms they had were single their, parents. They had their own jobs and they had other children. And so the responsibility really did rest in your lap along with your baby, the responsibility on your left and the baby on your right. And so for me, I knew that if I was going to, you spent time in Jersey City, if I was going to make it out, it was going to be all on me. And so there was no time for woe is me. There was no time for tears. There was no time for, there was no doubt in my mind. My major focus was to manifest the life that I wanted. And I feel like that's what I've done. And so and it Me wasn't about to, thinking, right? It was more so about doing. It was just about it doing. It was never about thinking. It was just do. And you I never do. had a doubt. I never said, well, what if I, or what if that doesn't work? Or what if, there was no what ifs. It was like, okay, I want to go, I want to go to college. I had no idea how I was going to college. Went to college, you know? Right. And it was like, okay, uh, I was in cosmetology school at the time. I want to open a salon. Had no idea how I was going to open a salon. Next thing I know, I'm opening a salon. And so, you know, I, I just never had any doubt. I feel like it's the way you see yourself. If you if you can believe in yourself, I feel like the universe will rise up and support you. And in support that. you always, always. 100 Knowing that agree. you can do it and believing that you are worthy of having it is key. That is and key. having each other was probably pretty helpful along the it way was. too. It Positive was. reinforcement, yes. encouragement. Absolutely. I mean, doing something alone when you're an underdog is, is tough and it's scary. Do you think yeah, you could like have I, done it uh, without the other? I don't know. I don't maybe, know. Yes. Maybe, but different. <laughs> no. It would have been different. It would not have been the same. It, it would have not been a different have been journey. the same. A different like, journey. Our children went to the same private school. You know, we would pick, take turns picking each other's children up. Like, we were a big support for one we another We were support from day system. One. Oh, Always. yeah, from day one. Like, our children went to the same preschool. And so from day one, we were there, like Shonda's daughter is a year older than my son. And so when, when I was having my baby's shower, Shonda was there with Tanasia already. And so, you know, when Omar came into the picture, 
they were like siblings. They were like, we lived around the corner from each other. Like one block away from each other, like two minutes to her house. And so I was at her house. She was at my house, you know, whether it was schoolwork or it was, you know, trying to figure out what our next move was going to be, or even supporting, supporting one another through a bad breakup, you know, because there was all of that. There was all of that. Like we shared our entire lives, our entire lives. There were plenty of those moments. so much more fun? Growing a company, growing it a brand, is. and celebrating the wins with your best friend. It is. It is. It is. I, there's nothing like it because there are many people that come or who have come in and out, out of our lives, but we have a story and we have memories that go far beyond the, the folks who have come and gone because we've been there from the beginning. And so there's a, a certain relationship that you share that no, even a certain speak that we have. A lot of times people tell us that we, complete each other's sentences. And we, we hadn't noticed that and that we sound alike. We've never noticed that until very le- recently because a lot of people have been telling us that. But it's because right. we, when, know, we know each other know each other, you know? No, no, yes. <laughs> and when, yeah. when people, when people, like Shauna said, people come and go, and when people are on the outside looking at you, they look at us today, they feel like, oh my God, like they have such good lives. No one saw when my baby didn't have milk and pampers. There's that part. No mm-hmm. one saw maybe when the lights were off. There was that part. You know, mm-hmm. no one, Shonda was there. No one saw the grind and the hustle. And you know what? It doesn't matter. I'm going to make it. I don't care if the lights are off. I don't care what's going on. Like, I am going to keep going. And that's what that's what I've done. And that's, and that's what, what we've done. done. Together. That is right. what we I always we've say done. it's such a shame. Uh, you really only see the footage and the pictures once the success happens. I would love to see Yes. What it was like before. But entrepreneurs yes. don't tend to record or document that stuff. You know, I've been through and the struggles. And it should be. It, it should, should be, be shared because that's the part that will inspire those behind you to do the same. A lot of times right. you feel hopeless. You may feel despair. And then you're thinking that you can't do these things. But if you look at Jacqueline and myself and our stories are similar to yours, then you're able to say, my God, if those girls were able to do it and survive this, and now not just survive, but succeed, why can't I? 100%. So we're here to help motivate women who have been, are in our shoes now. The story is so impactful. And that's why I love to spend so much time there because if someone resonates with it and you see somebody who's gone through what you've gone through, a similar scenario, and they made it, then I can make it too. You can make it too. Absolutely. Uh, so, you know, thank you for, for being out there and inspiring. Now tell me a little bit thank about- you the start of this fashion company. Obviously, you both had a massive interest in fashion. Uh, Fifth Avenue, Just New York. Little. I lived there Just for four years. Bit. I loved it too. Just a little bit. <laughs> Just I need to hang that. out with you. <laughs> yeah, I'm a good time. Yeah. <laughs> All, right, All right. Tell me about so, your loves for fashion. Where did that start? Well, the love affair for fashion, I believe, started at birth. Yeah. Because it's I, can remember, I can remember like paper dolls and making clothes out of like just drawing and cutting clothes out to dress paper dolls. So it's, it's serious. Like I remember taking like, you know, the little feather duster that your mom would dust with. I remember taking the feathers out of the feather duster to make like something for my paper dolls. My mother would have a fit, like all sorts (laughs) of things would be missing around the house because I was, you know, decorating paper dolls. And so, like I said, I just feel like I was born with it. And it's like something that's definitely been innate. 
But when you grow up around it, and like we said, when you start to visit Fifth Avenue and when magazines start showing up at your house, like Vogue and InStyle and all those magazines. That's right. Into, That's right. You know, and Ebony and Essence and Jet. When you started seeing yourself, you were like, oh, my God, this is a thing. I thought it was just me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. you know, once we discovered New York City, it was on from there. It was Trust over. Trust me, it was over. It was over. There. Couldn't afford to buy anything initially. Nothing. We could you know, not you, afford you, you to buy it, so anything. Anything. So we would go it. and fantasize and, and dream, daydream, and always say, one day we will be here. We're going to come back and we're going to buy whatever we want without We're going to be at the able to do this, 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 and this. Yes. And so yeah, one day is here. Yes. yes. One day is now. <laughs> one day is right now. <laughs> You said something amazing. so cool just now. Your motivator, your your light at the end of the tunnel was I want to come back to Fifth Avenue and I want to buy whatever I want without looking at the price tag. Yes. And that's such yes. an important hook for entrepreneurs to have and to hold on to as you're working. So it gives you something physical, contextual to work towards. And it helps yes. you work those long hours and, and keep building until you can finally go back there, you know, walk into a Chanel store and drop 10 grand and <laughs> it'd be okay. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> With no problem, Love right? Yes, with with no hassle at all. And, yeah, and that's that that something is different for every entrepreneur too. Like some people want want a five million dollar yacht. You guys wanted to shop, and I love that. But I also want a driver, Jay. Let me just say that. <laughs> yes. I have been wanting a driver for a very, very long time. Before I even thought that I needed a driver, I wanted a driver. So it's coming. It's coming. It is coming. Is, I what does having driving. a driver cost? I, 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 I don't know, but I cannot, I despise driving right now. And for me, I feel like I can always get more done if someone when was someone driving, driving me if, instead of me driving. I'm all, we're always working, right? And so yeah. I feel like whenever I'm in the car, it's taking time away from doing the things that I need to do. And so <laughs> if someone were driving me, then I could be more productive. And so Absolutely. the driver is... The driver's next for me. There's a really over, cool exercise that I, that I tell every entrepreneur to do. And that's like to write out their dream life and what every aspect of that dream life costs. Uh -huh. And I was shocked at how little it was compared to what I thought it would be. So Shonda, mm. my, my homework for you is go figure out what a driver costs. It might be less than you think. And even if it's more, then at least you have that number to work Ooh. towards until you get the driver. So it's put such it on a your vision board. And, 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 it yeah. is. Oh, yeah. It is. Yeah, it's once so I doable, hit that, right? I'm getting that driver. It seems like such a small thing, right? I've heard bigger. The last guy I was like, I'm going to buy a castle. I'm like, what does no. a castle cost? It's, it's a driver. Less than I thought. What it's about like four you? Or five. Jackie, what's what do I you? want? What is it for me? Yeah, yeah what for, is it, Jackie? For me, it's just being able to wake up in the morning and luxuriate and have other people do everything else. Whether that's someone to go to the grocery store, to do the laundry, to clean, to, you know, polish my nails, to do my makeup, to comb my hair. Like, just have a team around me. You know, Oprah style. Yeah. So you're the retire on the beach type. She, she, <laughs> no, I still want to work. She wants like, to work. I want to I have, have free time. I want to buy back my time. That's what I want to do. 
Yes. I want to be able to buy back my time. I want to have enough money where I can take my time and sit to the side and sketch out designs and buy fabric and source fabric and, and make those things happen for me. That's what I want to do. We want to play. That's what we want to do. We just want and to fabric play. and notions and right. thread. And yes. And so for yes. us, all day. Play, play is fashion and we want to play all day. But, you know, the business side and all the doing side kind of gets in the, in the way of playing, to be quite honest. <laughs> yeah. It gets in the way. It gets in the way of playing. And, it, you know, when right. it's such a serious thing. So you, we spend less time playing and more time being serious about the business yes. of the business. Oh, totally. As you're growing a company, you're wearing so many hats. All so of many the, hats. the fires and problems fall on you. Right. Uh, yeah. But, you know, eventually and slowly, you're able to outsource those problems to other people. And it, it, it yes. feels pretty good. And I'm sure you've already been able to outsource quite a few of them, but it's just going to keep growing and amplifying until you're, you're playing in fabric. We're <laughs> One playing day in fabric. Yes. yes. All right, guys, let's, let's talk a little bit of tactics because building a fashion company sounds like a lot of fun. I have a friend who built a fashion company. His name's Tom. And I, I interviewed him on my podcast years ago. And it is not fun from what I've heard. There's a lot of investment. There's a lot of supply chain issues and stress and things that go along that you don't really anticipate when you're starting yeah. a, a fashion company. So it's, it's not just like starting a, a print and ship t-shirt store, which I've done. This is, it's involved. So tell me a little bit about what those steps were, some of the roadblocks that you hit along the way and what your kind of game plan is for building this into a, a massive Fifth Avenue brand. So I, let, let me start here. What a lot of people don't know or may not know about Jacqueline and I is that Jacqueline and I, we actually do design and sew. So we've been sewing since we were in high school. So I say all that to say when we originally launched the business, JP Harper NYC, we had a 16-piece collection. That 16-piece collection, we designed and sold and created ourselves. And it was very, I wouldn't say easy to do, but when you're talking about 16-piece collection, mm -hmm. we loved it. It was very small. It was very intimate, right? And so we were able to do it and enjoy it and what is, I think it might have originally supposed to have been nine pieces, right? No, maybe, six. It was supposed to be six. It may have supposed to be six. Ten more made it onto And it scene. turned into 16. So yeah. it, was, it wasn't as difficult for us because we, we sourced material in the city, through online, things like that. It's only after we decided to open our brick and mortar store, a full-fledged boutique, that it became a little crazy. That because it got real. It, it got really real because you can't bring 16-piece collection into a full-fledged brick-and-mortar store. Where are you going yes. with that? And so that's when we had to tap into vendors, manufacturers, in order to help us supply the amount of merchandise that we would need to facilitate an entire store. So you started and, with and, the 16-piece collection. Did correct. you outsource a lot of the production of that collection? To no, no. We you guys are making ourselves. every unit by yourself? We did yes, everything ourselves. We started out online. Yeah. So it was easy to launch a 16-piece collection online. But right. like Shonda said, once we parlayed into a brick-and-mortar store, you got to fill the store. Mm -hmm. And 16 pieces is not going to cut it. And so we kind of grew the collections from there and just started to break things off into different collections. And 
we've been actually really blessed in the fact that we haven't run into many problems with manufacturing and sourcing. You know, I would say that. Like we, no. we've been really we have um, not. fortunate to have, have chosen not. some really good vendors and some suppliers that help us, you know, along the way. And they really enjoy working with us. Right. Talk to me about your business model now. Is it your 16 piece collection? Maybe that's grown. Do you still make every unit by hand? Do you outsource the production of those? Uh, <laughs> talk to me. So because of the fact that we have the brick and mortar store, you have the online store, things are moving at a, a pace that we, to be quite honest, had not expected. We could not the keep business up is. We, we did not anticipate growing the way that we have. So we would love to continue to do hand-designed, one-of-a-kind, rare pieces, which we do. But I have to be honest in saying that we don't do it as often as we, as we to. want to. Yeah. As, as we want to. And, and we will, again, as you, as you mentioned, as the brand, start, if we start to outsource and get a bigger team, and more people to assist us. But because the team is a team of very limited resources, yes. Yes. <laughs> then it makes it very difficult for us to do. But we still do design small, we, about 35% of the stuff in our store. About 35% of percent in any yeah, one time is designed by us. We do. It's designed by us and, and produced by us as well. And that's still a lot for two girls who live in two separate states. So we as you can that. imagine, we do a lot of FaceTime to sample things, how it looks on, whether you want to use this fabric. I don't like that. Scrap that. Throw that in the garbage. That's not going to work at all. So that's how we do. That's our collective collaborative process. FaceTime all the time. That's awesome that you guys have been able to pull that off remotely. And Shonda, you're in From New York City. And Jackie, you're in Florida. Yeah, I'm in New, in New Jersey. Gotcha. And cool. Jacqueline's in Florida. Yes. So and that's how we roll. Flying back and forth. Yeah. Uh, talk to me a little bit backwards. about e-commerce versus brick and mortar. Where are most of your sales coming from? Uh, and do you use vendors for the e-commerce store as well? We... So, go ahead. So everything that is online is also in the store. There's no mm -hmm. differentiation between that. Whatever we launch online is also available in the store. As far as the percentage of sales, I would say maybe online. I feel like they may be kind of neck and neck. What about you, Shonda? It, it flip-flops from month to month, to be quite honest. Uh, it depends on the month. It could be the time the summer. of the year. It, it could be the time of the year. The summer was quiet in-store, but not online. Um, the, you know, around the... The holiday time, it's crazy in store. In store. And less busy online because people are, you know, for the holidays, people want to come in and it's that experience of shopping in the store and that yes. whole frenzy. So it yes. varies from month to month, to be quite honest. But it's a nice, I would say, equal balance between the two. Do you yeah, sell your designs in any other marketplaces like Amazon or uh, we do not. To get, sell them at no. other big? Okay. We do not. We keep, we, we try to be able to maintain because that's key. We want to be able to manage the business and we don't want it to get a, away from us by spreading ourselves too thin, which I believe we can do if we're in so many different markets. But it I sounds like, like it's working. 
I feel like we do want to aim towards maybe being in like a Neiman Marcus or a Nordstrom, you know, just like as a featured brand, you know, right. maybe for the holiday or for the summer, you know, just right. for a few collections a year, you know, something like that we could definitely handle. Awesome. And just kind of following up on that, what are you guys doing right now to grow the brand, like marketing, branding, influencer marketing? marketing. Mm. Yeah. Talk to me about marketing. So we just shot our first TV commercial. Woo. It just and aired today. It just aired today for the very first time on yes. several networks. So we're super, super excited, super excited about that. Um, it's not something that we even dreamed of doing, right? We, it just happened upon us, like so many right. things. It just kind of fell in our lap. It, yeah. Things just fall into our laps. So that, as of today, the commercial airs and people are losing it, right? Who, who, whoever saw, I never saw, I never, that was not a part of the no, dream for me being to see TV myself on TV in a commercial. That was never a part of my dream. So for me to be seeing that now, it is mind blowing for me. The OWN Network, BET, Bravo, E, VH1, VH1, TBS. So it's Food airing on all of those, yeah. all of those stations, all of Good those stuff. networks. That's so and cool. Then we have a book coming out, right? Yes. It's going to be, it's a collaborative book that we participated in with 20 other authors. And that's going to be out within the next two to three weeks or so. Girl Boss Up and Lead is the name of the book. And About female entrepreneurs. Female entrepreneurs. And we're giving, we're giving all the tea about us, our backstory, how we survived, what we've done. And it's just a yes. motivational piece of work for so many people who want to hear something that may relate to, they can relate to and help them to inspire, just inspire them to move forward with whatever their passion is. We really hope that it resonates with, you know, everyone who is able to even just hear about it. If you hear about it, just check it out. Buy the book. It's only $20. That's a shameless plug. Let me know when it drops. <laughs> so we'll plug it into the, into the episode. <laughs> and so we just want, you know, people to be able to hear the stories of 20 women telling you how they started. And our story in particular, we do, we do delve into you know, being team moms and what it was like and, and, and how we got started and what motivates us. So all of those things are in there as well as some other nooks and crannies and tidbits and, you know, things that no one knows about. So we don't want to give you all the tea. Let me know when that <laughs> drops. And yeah, tell me guys, what's going to be next for, for the company? Are you guys opening more stores? What, what is the dream? Mm, more stores. Oh, the dream. For, I, well, more stores sound exhausting. More stores sounds exhausting. <laughs> Only because we don't have a big team. But once yeah. we have a big team, like I could totally see us being on Fifth Ave. I feel like the style of clothes that we offer, like the, the chic meets couture or the street chic meets couture vibe is something that every woman can get into. You yeah. know, because our pieces are trans, not only transseasonal, but they allow you to wear them from summer to winter. And then we also recently started doing like videos where we show you how to transform your one outfit and wear it all year long and wear it in multiple different ways. Right. And so right. people are going crazy for that as well. And so we are looking forward to, yes, expanding the brand and maybe even, but we need a team. 
That's the thing. We need a trustworthy team that we can say, hey, this is what needs to happen. And then we can walk away and make bigger things happen. But as That's long as been one of our biggest be, challenges, wouldn't you say? Creating yes. a team has been one of our biggest challenges. Not finance, not creativity, none of those things. It's basically creating a team. That's been the one thing that we have not been able to truly master. Let me tell you, you're, you're not alone. Uh, business owners in general, I'd say, and, and myself included, building a team of people that you can trust that are competent and they're going to be with you for the long run is the biggest struggle of a growing company. And you guys are growing clearly. I think what you're doing now, talking about your journey um, on podcasts and, and in your book is going to attract the talent to, uh, to you. People who are mm. going to come knocking on your door, wanting to be a part of, of your mission and your story. And yes, yes, absolutely. And that's the key. I believe people want to, they want to be, they have to be willing to be a part of the story. They want to be a part of the story. And that's, what's going to draw them in to want to be a part of that team. Right. The best and we're people fun girls. Ever... We are fine yeah. girls. We're good. To I know be. you got to show that personality. We're people good will see it. <laughs> We're good time we're, girls. We're, we're, we are. We're, we we're are. We want the work done, but we, we like to do have want fun the too. work. We I work do. with you guys. I, I can tell you guys are fun. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> All right. So you, Fifth Avenue, you. break this. I guess a uh, myth or fact. Fifth Avenue, those stores, those big retailers, you know, Chanel, Saks. Mm -hmm. All those, I can't imagine what they're possibly paying in rent. Do you think they're profitable? I don't know what it costs to rent a space on that street but I can't imagine um, they're making very much money. Today, what? today, you yeah. know, things, th things have changed so much since COVID. So I would say yes, in the past, today, I, I really don't know. I really don't know. Yeah. For me, I felt like the dream was for us to be in the, the old Henry Bendel building because that's the building that we used to go to, to window shop and go through the store and, you know, feel like, you know, one day we're gonna come back here and buy anything that we want, like I said, without checking the price tag. I mean, we were able to get the name though. Mm -hmm. So the girls' mm -hmm. playground, it used to be Henry Bendel, the girls' playground. And now, and it's, now it's Fat Ass Lashes, the girls' playground. Yeah, because we own when it. when they went out of business, um, we scooped up the trademark. Yeah, smart. So we smart, that. Cook, smart cookies. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, but yeah. yeah, but but even on Fifth Avenue, having a building on Fifth Avenue, I think you know what I think? I think that a lot of times people get these older brands, they get set in this old way of thinking, right? Yes. You have to listen to what people want today. So today it's more of an experience. People want name brand designer stuff, but people also want an experience. So when you walk into a place and you get a full experience, first off, which, which store do you walk into where you can meet and engage with the owners? You can do that with us all day long. And we're, re we're, we're regular people, right? In addition to that, the experience that we provide within the boutique if we were on Fifth Avenue, it would be a whole hot mess. Let me tell you something. In my mind, I a have already whole. a whole business plan that I've shared with Shonda years ago about the Henry Bendel building and the whole experience and how it could be such a collective effort for all genres of artists 
everything. And that building is paid for already. So we know that they can lend it to us. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but in my mind, I see the magnet. It's magnanimous. And the experience is like, oh, my God. Like, I just wish I could. This dream has to get out of my head and into that building. Right. I can't wait to follow your journey into that building and into the expansion. Yes, yes, yes. Tell We're me, looking forward to that. From obviously, you've had a, a long, long path. You've been through some hurdles and you've achieved a certain level of success. I would love to know for the listeners has there been any specific guru, role model for you guys that has helped you do it? And I, I'd like for you to think about people that are online that other people may have access to and can go read their books, watch their videos, and find inspiration there as well. There's a lot. I mean, hmm. uh, yeah, that's, that's a Take your time. <laughs> because honestly, I, I'm just being completely honest. Yeah. We don't really look at what other people are doing. And that's just being completely honest. I know I don't. We're so busy doing what we do that we really don't have time to see what others are doing. We know people are doing amazing things who are accessible on social media for the masses. It's just that we are so busy that we really don't know what people are doing. We are so disconnected right now from so many things, whether it's watching television or we don't know what's going on in the news sometimes because- Listen, Jay, I didn't even know we had a storm coming. I didn't even know we had a storm coming, okay? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know until two days before, I'm like, we gotta go. There's a major advantage to putting on the blinders because some people get so obsessed with what other people are doing. No, no, you can't be. That strategy. Here's I gotta compete with that. No, you can just put your nose to the floor and grind. It's true. I think. Yes. Yeah, that puts you at a big advantage. We think so. We think so because we only know what we are capable of, and we we just try to meet our goals all the time and not be distracted by what's going on to the left and to the right of us, because that could, it could really cripple you. You know, you think, oh, I should be doing more, or I should be in a better position, or right. they're doing this. Comparison is a thief. So yes. we try, we, we really honestly do not look to anyone on social media for inspiration because we just don't have time. Well, maybe you can follow me on social media and use me for inspiration. We definitely will. (laughs) Follow us. Yes. You got it. Uh, Last question, guys. Who is your favorite fashion designer and why? And then who is your least favorite and why? Um, I don't have a least favorite, but not a least. Alexander McQueen. Oh my God. I, I just love him. Like, I wish I could meet him and just like. Like I have his books and I watch his documentary over and over and over again because I feel like he was just a genius. Mm-hmm. He was a genius, just like just his mind. And even today, like I'm not sure who's still running the brand, but kudos to them. They, they do an awesome job. Like yeah. I, I would love to just be able to just sit and have a conversation with him one day. Because there's something very free, right? And um, liberating about those designs. There's no, what, what we love about fashion is the idea that there are no restrictions, no rules. Absolutely. And that you see completely and clearly through McQueen's work, 
no restrictions. It's uninhibited completely. And that's the space that we live in. We, the ideas that we come up with from time to time are very outlandish. And we have to think about the customer. Exactly. So a lot of things don't show up on the racks because we're like, hmm, I don't know if they're going to get that. But right. we get it. And we <laughs> get it. And we ended up we end up creating it for ourselves. Just two yes. of a kind. One for Jacqueline and one for myself. But That's we so never fun. know how people will respond to it because our minds are thinking well outside of the box of what's acceptable for fashion. Such a, such a fun thing. All right, Jacqueline Shonda, where can listeners go to find and follow you? Okay. So for shopping, you can go to our website at jpharpernyc.com. You can visit us at our retail store at 1680 U.S. Highway number 22. That's in Wachong, New Jersey. And then you can follow us. 22 East. And then you can find us on social media at jp.harperNYC. For Instagram? Uh, For Instagram. For all the others. Now, we had to use the dot for Instagram, jp.harper. But for everything else, it's just jpharperNYC. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, where are we on TikTok now? Yes. TikTok. Oh my God. That, Gotta be that's on a TikTok, beast. unfortunately. Yeah, TikTok. You know, Jay, TikTok. we're women of a certain age and we are still trying to figure the whole TikTok uh, craze out, but slowly but surely. We also have YouTube, of course, Pinterest, which we're obsessed with. Yes. Uh, and so they can find us on all of those Cool. I will channels. link all your socials and your website uh, down in the show notes if anyone wants to go looking. And if you Thank love this you. episode, uh, please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. And if you have any questions for me about business scaling, shoot me a message on Instagram and go buy some stuff from JP Harper <laughs> NYC. Thank you, Thank guys. You, you guys are a blast. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you so much. Thank you.